tea check in the meantime i've got a some ginger with honey here because I felt sick until I ate two pieces of toast. So it turns out I just didn't nourish my body effectively today. <laughs> um, shout out to the mug. Hold on. Oh, no, green screen, work with me. It says, okay, fine. It says, I didn't come out of the closet. I came out of the ca- uh, cabinets like all of the other pans. It's in the pansexual <laughs> pride colors. I have a tea check. Uh, this is mint tea, herbal tea. <laughs> Yes. That's all. That's all she wrote, <laughs> folks. And it's in a Wonder Woman mug. Nice. I like it because it's big, <laughs> so I can put more Large. tea in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Priorities. Um, yeah, it's hot because I just boiled the water because I forgot to do it earlier. Yeah. Worm. Spill that hot, piping hot tea, Carolina. Hot tea. On Actually, don't spill it. But yeah. my she mug is, is plain. Minimalist. But uh, it's green tea with jasmine because I was like, I have to drink the jasmine tea for Iroh because he likes that jasmine. Jasmine. My um, tea check is my old mug from four hours ago. I love it. Lemon ginger. It's my raccoon mug. He's it's very cute. cute. Do you have a name for your raccoon? It's just me. <laughs> That's the animal I identify with. It's so. my OC mug. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. Hi there. (laughs) Welcome to the twelfth episode of the Ember Island Critics Podcast. Thank you so much for clicking. I hope you'll enjoy the time that you join us for. Today we have go for Zach. Hi, I'm Zach. Oh, he him. Hey, my name is Taryn. As Zach just said, I use she, her, hers pronouns. I'm super excited to be here. Hello, I'm Carolina. I use she, hers pronouns, and I'll pass it to Rachel. Rachel, uh, she, her, hers, and without further ado, Yanni! It is I, Yanni, they, them. And in today's episode, we will explore the tales of the most important mentor and father figure, Iroh. So, again, our usual disclaimer before we start, opinions ahead, as well as headcanons and theories, and of course, spoilers, among an array of other things that you may not agree with, but are fortunately not facts that you must accept. If anything said grows to be too much, I give you full permission to close this podcast and act as though it never existed. Whether you agree or disagree, any frustration you experience should not be taken out on me or my collaborators. We are human the same as you are. We, want, we gather to discuss something we love dearly, but not without new lenses of criticism we've developed since we were younger. With that, I welcome you to listen in on the Ember Island Critics. A moment to bask in this beautiful charcuterie board of Iros that we've selected here. Unless you're on Spotify, in which case it's a lot of pictures of Iro. Yeah, <laughs> we got our, our uh, you know, a separate charcuterie board that I curate myself. Uh, nice contrasting flavors, if you will. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to start this off as we always do with first impressions because Iroh honestly has one of my favorites because he's he's just like, shut up, Duco, I'm playing a game. <laughs> just the sass. I think he was the perfect like contrast and balance to Zuko for like introducing Zuko because it was an- it was another great way also of like, I talked about how in the Zuko episode, like Zuko's not like really, really the villain. And, like, <laughs> the way they handled the character in the beginning, like, having Iroh there to, like, definitely just, like, shoot Zuko down and, like, make all those scenes funny. It's like, he's not the real villain. Come on. Like, <laughs> he's got this guy looking after him. How am I supposed to be intimidated by a teenager with a babysitter? <laughs> yeah, because I think, like, watching this, like, 
I watched this for the first time as an adult. And I think like Iroh is what made me realize that Zuko was going to get a redemption arc because like Zuko is like heinous, you know, but they have this character in season one. Hello. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so like having a character like Iroh there to like, kind of what Carolina said to like diffuse the situation, like every time he threw a tantrum or like something happened, I was like, okay, I kind of see where y'all are taking this. Honestly, he's just like Iroh is like stoner vibes for real for real as an adult I will see that as a kid I was just like he's cool I don't know but he's just like Zuko's really intense and he's like well well, well, chill let's just like sip some tea let's play a game let's listen to like the horn that I'm gonna play like it's all good babe and Zuko's like my honor and he's like let's have some dinner first maybe you're just hangry priorities (laughs) Yeah, I also, think he'd get along swell with the nomads, the traveling nomads. Yes, really? well, an interaction we deserved. <laughs> Especially considering for like a show targeted for kids, you'd expect all of the bad guys to just be generic, brooding bad guys. But the, and this is the first time that we like see the bad guys effectively, and we have this comic relief, mellow character who's not all that concerned with like being this colonialist force he's just kind of sitting there vibing just drinking his tea and that was really refreshing to see yes he set the tone for the show he did and it was also like the sharp contrast between like it's because we get like sock and katara bickering 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 katara blows up an iceberg zuko oh my fucking god a light iroh hey everybody hi Hey, how we doing? <laughs> like, we are up here, and then there's Iroh. <laughs> he really is, like, that That really, like, light contrast that helps round the show out really well for a start. Um, yeah, fuck yeah, Iroh. Throw back to old Tumblr blogs. <laughs> yeah, he really does have the most, like, concise first impression. It's And doesn't, you know, have a whole new personality every season, unlike some people. Shout out to <laughs> Zuko. <laughs> Um, and then I guess we'll scooch on into best moments. I was just thinking about this, but in season three, when he's in the prison and he's like pretending he's a weak old man and he like mm-hmm. hides the food under it, under, he has the pillows and stuff under his shirt, but then he takes it off and he's doing like pull-ups on the- <laughs> Iconic. Insane. Oh my God. Absolutely insane for that one. It's the, like the upper bot. I... I hurt watching him do that. Like every, like I, I threw like a couple of kids into a pool and like could not move my arms for three days afterward. This man is just doing repeated, like I, admirable, aspirational, ow. <laughs> I just remember being like so stressed out, like watching him, like, I don't know, I'm just like gullible. So when, so he definitely fooled me when he was acting all week and like had the pillows under his clothes or whatever. And I remember when he like first, like, you know, revealed his, like, superhero exercise, like, transformation, I was, like, I felt so relieved. I was, like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're gonna be okay. But there was still it's that gonna... fear. It's, like, oh, my God, he's degrading. Oh, my God, Ira's gonna die in prison. <laughs> yeah. But I was, like, okay, even if the children can't handle it, there will be something that happens with him. <laughs> he made it. I think one of my favorite moments is, because Iroh is, like, this very wise mentor-type character, and even in his like buffoonery type moments, in the way that he's kind of chill and mellow, it's like strategic in like how he's trying to get Zuko to release himself of this 
um, trying to be all obsessed with honor and stuff like that. He's very wise and he's very strategic, but there's this one moment where in the train station where he heats his tea and it's like an actual issue and it's literally just because of his own stupidity that he was just like, I really want some tea right now and I'm just going to heat it myself. And it actually has consequences and I like that moment of like him not being the wisest person ever. But even after that, he's still like, but my tea. Like he just cannot be fucked to care. Not, he was not like, at all. Prison cold tea. Like priorities, Zuko. <laughs> I don't care who kills me. I'm not drinking cold tea. <laughs> Mine is like a very personal, intimate, I don't know if anybody else thinks about this moment, but it's after the Agni Kai with Zhao and Iroh says all that stuff about Zuko, like even in banishment, my my nephew is more honorable than you'll ever be or something. And then Zuko asks him, like, did you mean that? As always, like, like Iroh's never vocalized it to him before. And then he says, of course, ginseng tea is my favorite. Like, he doesn't even acknowledge that he says all of that stuff. It's just such a given to him. It's just the sweetest little heartwarming interaction. And Zuko, I I love them so much. <laughs> and, like, thinking about, like, that it's the first time Zuko's probably heard words of, like, I'm proud of you. I love you. Like, you are a good person. And he's like, what? Like, the, that's the first time that he's, like, those... Because Iroh definitely loves Zuko, like, unconditionally. There's always that, like, son-father, like, true relationship parallel between the two of them. And, like, seeing Zuko receive unconditional love makes me feel safe. <laughs> All right, so I have, like, a little bit of a tie for my top moments. It's, I have a picture of on my Zoom for people on Spotify who can't see it. It's, he's in the forest with Zuko, and he comes across this flower. And he's like, mmm deadly poison or delectable tea and then he drinks it he's like got rashes all over him and it's just he was like gotta take the chance it could be delectable tea or spread into my lungs like and then he'll go in and he got he was in like that hot tub like the water spring the natural springs all warm he's like falling out and he gets captured and then he just like totally breaks out he goes from like 50 50 raw dogging poison to like breaking out like on his own hands chained like Dragon of the West. I think it's such a funny joke. It looked, I think that's in the same episode too. Like he just back and forth. Like he's like, oh, don't worry about it. It was the way that in that particular episode he was like, my nephew will get me. I'm fine. Because <laughs> he definitely could have handled that situation completely on his own. But he was like, Zuko's a good boy. <laughs> and it's like tied between that and um, Tales of Blossing Say when he's singing Leaves on the Vine, which makes me sob consistently. I think my, I'm not going to say my, my brother's name is because he might get mad, but my twin brother like had that song downloaded on his phone for like years. I'm like playing like, leaves from the vine when he's in his fields, like falling so slowly. So slow. Like, and I remember watching it and I was like, so, and because it, it's in Mariam for the voice actor who originally played I, I know. Like, oh my God. Episode. So those are my top, my top moments. Yeah. It- Apparently, uh, yesterday was the anniversary of Mako's passing. Um, but yeah, only the name and Korra and Mako. Yeah, interesting enough. But, oh my god, the leaves, the tales, the Iroh's tales of Bossing Say story hits so hard every time because you like watch it you're like oh i love this cute episode top and katara at the spa ang with the animals this is gonna be so cute sokka's doing poetry wow my son died and i just sob every well, time he's running around the town cheering up his little baby he's singing 
because it's like, oh yeah my son's dead it's the narrative motif of like all of the men that he can help all of the boys that he can help and he couldn't help his son like um and he still has Zuko, but like Luten, Luten, and like that was like right before the betrayal too. So extra hurtful. Like ooh, the thank you for reminding me of that. I hate and it. And then Zuko betrayed him, and like up in the field. Of the betrayal, I think my favorite moment, my favorite Iroh moment, is like the reconciliation. That I was actually thinking about that before the episode started. I was like, what is it that I like really enjoyed? It's like that whole that whole thing. I don't know. I don't even know how to go into it. It's just the way I don't know. I just feel very safe. That unconditional love. unconditional love. Like that's exactly what I was thinking. Zuko really does just need a hug when it comes down to it. Like someone just needed to take care of that boy. And it really is epitomized by like, you know, Ursa leaves and his life falls apart. Um, that person who was, you know, his rock and holding him down. Which fuck, like makes fuck Ozai anyway. <laughs> which like makes me wonder why Iroh didn't like Azula or have as much compassion for Azula and stuff like that. I mean, like the answer is because it's Azula, but like I just wonder like why, you know, he just has no hope for her the same way. Like, what does he see that like I don't know that in like in Zuko that he doesn't see in Azula. Because we see in Zuko alone, Azula pretty much re- like regurgitating all of Ozai's rhetoric and the way that that is shaping the way she views the rest of her family. And so I think, you know, if I were Iroh, I wouldn't spend any time with this disrespectful brat either. Because <laughs> Azula, little Azula definitely had a mouth on her. <laughs> um, and it's kind of like, well, I don't need to spend my energy on this. And especially after losing Luten, I'm I can't imagine the stuff that little girl would have said. Because <laughs> um, he was just so, like, ready to write her off. And, like, I understand why. Again, it's Azula. It's just, like, that, like, shocked but, me like, a little bit because yeah, of how Iroh it's... treats everyone else, you know? I was just like, whoa, she's, like, she's still 14, you know? Like, I Yeah, don't know. what makes her irredeemable? Like, you did the same thing for longer. Mm-hmm. So, like... <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if it's just because of how personal and close to home Azula is. Or mm. like, I, because it is I mean, strange that it's like, just there is no hope for her. That's his Well, conclusion. she's like the spitting image of Ozai. So that's got to like trigger something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just how like- Between her and Zuko, it's easy. Like Zuko was always the one who was, you know, could fall and pick himself back up and made mistakes. And Azula like never had that, you know, that- moments of insecurity and questioning her identity like she was always I am on it I believe this this is to my core values was like that this is what should happen this vibration should be on top it might Um, have been also how like that he could see how much Ozai like latched on to Azula and was like like how he was bringing her up how much and like how the connect like they both like she really believes everything her dad says Mm. and He's like trying to push her up to be like his successor after because he's like. <laughs> I mean, if I did it, it, of course I can let my daughter do it. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, maybe that's one of the reasons because, like, like, and she's spitting out the same things that like Ozai is saying, and especially like when 
um, Luten dies, like, she shows no sympathy for Iroh, like, and meanwhile, Zuko is like, Azula, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't say, like, he lost his son. Like, Zuko shows empathy at that point, but she doesn't mm. show it. So, and it might be, maybe he, she said something about his son, and, like, he's like, that's unforgivable. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, and in between that, like, you know, Ozai is the opposing force for Azula, it could come down to just not being a fight that's worth fighting in his eyes. She's my niece. I care about her in some capacity, but this other force that is already like upset so much in my life. Cause again, Pyro's mm. birthright gone. So like, again, what choosing his battles, I guess. I also think that Iroh probably never had time alone with Azula where he could actually talk to, she was probably always doing her training or with Ozai, like when Zuko was banished, she saw a boy who was broken and alone. And he, Iroh was not banished with Zuko originally. I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong. He chose willingly to, to go with mm-hmm. Zuko to help him. He was only banished when they they cut the ponytails off because they, what, they fought Jao, right? That was why. It was because, so they were deemed traitors because they were fleeing arrest. Because Azula was sent to, like, retrieve them. them, And then they left. And so they became fugitives. So he had time to to be with Zuko and to help him. And Azula, he was never away she was always so in the thick of it and i like to think that once she was removed from that situation like post the series like healing from her i mean mental she had a breakdown literally she in the deserved end. she deserved such great to have some yes genius and i like to think great. that later he would be able to like hey like think about it like and then be able to help her later but it was never had the opportunity in the series to like connect with her on a personal level because well, well, Azula was 13 or something even younger when Zuko was banished. When Zuko was banished, oh, Zuko Azula would have proportionally been He 11. was 13, so she was, yeah, 11. My favorite moment um, is when Iroh turns on Zhao when, when he's trying to kill the moon spirit. Mm. Because through all of Amen. season one, Iroh kind of is, is just like passively a, a member of the Fire Nation. He's not actively going against the will of the Fire Nation until that scene where you can see Iroh's specific intentions and like what is what he cares about is you cannot tamper with the balance. This is crossing the line. I don't care if you're Fire Nation. You cannot do this. And that was like a major turning point in the series where he now is actively turning against the Fire Nation, against Zhao, and now he's a fugitive. So that's when, like, the stakes for him, Iroh specifically, have really peaked. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my favorite moments. And it's also, like, we see the, the like, really just a glimpse of Iroh's power at this point. Because, again, he's generally a very passive force. He lets the kids handle the fighting. He's not really gonna, you know, step up to this high-energy nonsense i'm gonna chill and drink my tea if i can to the very last moment (laughs) but then to see him like so impassioned about the moon spirit or when he the two moments in uh, the season two finale when he's trying to you know help zuko get away from azula well really the both of them and zuko's like i'm gonna fight her and iroh's like jesus fucking christ kid um then when he's giving katara a window to escape with Aang, how he's again like 
dozens of Dai Li agents, the dragon of the West, who would win, <laughs> you know? And it's like, he steps down when he thinks they're out of the way. Like he's not gonna keep fighting perhaps because he re recognizes he's unmatched, but it's like, I don't know. Iroh being so aware of his limits and what's worth his energy is very present in his character. And which is why I say like, to the Azula point, I think it just was not worth it to him. And to see like the circumstances as two nibblings <laughs> were in. Yeah, that's he, a really great point. He always knows what he's up against and what is worth his energy in terms of what he needs to fight. And that's why the Zhao moment is so great for me because you see, finally, this is something that he thinks needs to be fought against. But even like thinking back on that soft power energy of how he's always there with Zuko, um, Zuko is worth it regardless. Um, mm -hmm. I love Iroh and Zuko so much. <laughs> back on to like the Azula thing, I think as much as, I think it might've been partly a narrative choice to like try and, because knowing where they take Azula, like they do in the comics and everything after, they don't give her like any redemption or anything like that so no i think i think by having iroh like say that like he's not willing to try and help save her like he feels like she's gone beyond the point it's trying to tell the audience that and tell us this idea that uh, that azula is beyond the point of redemption or saving mm. so i think that might tie into it and that might be why that might be something that we're all like questioning like why iroh of all like why why Iroh, when he like is so willing to help so many people and forgive so many people, wouldn't help us. And well. also being in the position of having to have forgiven himself and for any of the wrongdoings that he has inflicted, of which are not of a much lesser scale than what Azula has done. I do I, it's, it that. falls into one of these areas of when the story starts to tell us rather than show us, because again, this it's a really strong narrative and it overwhelmingly shows just as effectively as it tells. Like, yes, it is a kid's show. There are gonna be some things that need to be, they felt needed to be stated outright, but are still reflected in like the character's actions, behaviors, the action of the progression of the show. So when they're trying to tell me Azula is irredeemable when she is truthfully just a mentally unstable teenage girl, like, <laughs> I need more evidence. That and Iroh is also human. Like he is capable of such greatness, but there are things people just, can be stubborn about like and he is fallible like he's not perfect and you know maybe i like to think iroh in that spirit world later like would have reflected on them like you know i should have put more effort in but there's also the idea that even though she's family like you don't have to be with your family by blood like you can choose who your family is and you can't save everyone and like some battles are worth fighting yeah i agree upon that much and it's like, I don't take issue with Iroh being fallible or not this, like, all-loving mm -hmm. force inevitably will love everybody, guaranteed. Shout out to Katara. But yeah. it, um, it's, the, it's the way the narrative treats his words mm -hmm. as, like, the final say on Azula. Yeah, um, I totally agree. I think there could have been more say on Azula from Azula herself, from Zuko, who grew up with her and watched her deteriorate, essentially. From... May and Ty Lee, like these, there's more. I, I feel on like Azula. I feel like the show kind of coded Azula as a psychopath who, like, genuinely mm. could not feel empathy. That's what was so confusing to me. Or like, I don't know how like actual psychopaths work or people who like 
cannot feel empathy. To me, I was like, again, she is a teenage girl. What she needs is to have Ozai gone and then like some major therapy. And I don't see that she, after that, she wouldn't be redeemable. They seem to just be framing her as an absolute bloodthirsty psychopath who has no remorse or empathy or anything. I don't really have anything to say about that. Like, I, I just, I genuinely don't know how that works in the, in real life for them to take inspiration from it. And it's, I, the thing is they do that right up until the end when we see like just how much down. that she has suppressed, how much she cares about her mother and what her mother thinks of her and what she feels and which like that is the like deepest root and glimpse into everything that Azula has smashed down in the process of Ozai molding her. So that's why it doesn't really hold up to say that she is a completely unfeeling, uncaring, you know, purely focused on power and achievement type of person because yeah she, you're right mostly right. at the front honestly yeah, she has to be the perfect princess she has to she can never fail because because one mind. of the reasons, one of the like moments that like kept that like keyed me into the idea that she must be a psychopath is the scene where um iroh's son dies and she's a little girl and she's like just doesn't seem to have any remorse for it if you like watch documentaries and stuff about like parents where their kids are psychopaths it would be like the kid like doesn't feel empathy or they will like kill animals and stuff that felt to me like that like they were trying to code her as a psychopath but you specifically saying that like she definitely felt the the pain of her mother not loving her and things like that i can totally see that and now my head canon of what's going on with her is she's just kind of desensitized to violence because she's absolutely in a war torn society kind of in the similar way of like at least what people say that like video games and like and like shooting will make you desensitized to violence even though i, I don't think it does but <laughs> but she's desensitized to it in such a different way because she's desensitized to it as the one expected to inflict violence so mm -hmm. there's a degree of like pride almost that is associated with violence and harm she's rewarded when the, yeah when the outcome is like you know mm -hmm. now we have this town now we have this additional labor force now we we have taken more we are spreading the light of the fire nation but i think that so like you i think you could argue that like zuko was like probably raised to do like similar things like he was certainly raised in a similar environment you know and he didn't necessarily turn out that way because like I definitely like I definitely like the point of like she's desensitized to violence as like the inflictor but I think an important component especially just like looking at like her breakdown ultimately is like the ultimate like lack of like nurture that she had like there was mm -hmm. no example of love there was no way like the only love that she received was like pride from Ozai when she like killed people like you know what I mean it's so, like that's what I've always thought of like not necessarily like I definitely like I definitely agree with like they tried to they tried to code her that way but then they turned around and like they were like no it's just like mommy issues like I don't know <laughs> like I it, just like think yeah. about the and like that turnaround welcomed a lot more depth to her character but they didn't really know what to do with it afterwards um yeah especially like the last like 15 minutes of the show like I don't I was going to say there is no more afterwards because they had a set time when the show was supposed to end. So Yeah, well, the comics. But, yeah, they continue on into the comics, which are unfortunately canon, um, to where they 
like the last time we see her in the comics she is wandering the fire nation in some kind of agonized psychosis like she gets no healing tries to kill her mom oh. zuko and the rest of the gang and just like oh. fucking disappears tries a coup doesn't work disappears again like it's she's just it's in, they decide that, that she is just makes helplessly mad like yes yeah, like, I, I wanted her to have redemption especially if i were to read the character as someone who is desensitized to violence i would love to see a story arc where she gets reintroduced to what to the world through a lens that isn't just violence and like learns to like meets people from the places that they they've colonized and like learns to see their humanity and like that violence isn't good but that would be a story arc that would be great white men. <laughs> um but even straight in that respect okay um to that point i said this in the azula episode but i do not think redemption is possible for azula i think healing is but redemption is to say that all of her wrongs she can make up for and she cannot because everyone has already made up for her wrongs katara already revived ang bossing say has already been liberated among any other wrongdoing that she did in the series, you know, Zuko assumed the throne, which we'll get into later in the episode. Like there, everything that she did wrong has been corrected by someone else. So what does she have to make up for? And what is that going to mean to the people she's making it up to? Like the citizens of the Earth Kingdom are still going to fucking hate her for generations. Um, and so I think a tale of healing for Azula would be centered more on recovering from the abuse that she suffered and learning her place in the world and less upon like redemption proper well, yeah and i but also what does redemption mean is redemption doesn't line? exist without a target in my opinion so redeeming yourself to someone essentially like how zuko has to redeem himself to ang Sokka, and katara separately for us to really feel as though he is redeemed but like wouldn't like redemption assume like she was capable of making the correct choice in the first place because like she did not have the tools to make i guess the morally right like within the narrative choice that the audience would have wanted her to make like before like a healing journey or before like she learns how to like i don't know express love and receive love in return you know i don't know and same goes for iroh what would redemption for him mean because he did like war crimes but he's still a beloved character that helped Zuko right his wrongs I think I I just don't I don't get what redemption means it is a pretty amorphous thing that is a good point um to the because he does there's a lot of people who agree upon a take that in his assistance in helping Zuko redeem himself he has redeemed his own wrongs but I don't think that's the case I think his liberation of Ba Sing Se is a close call but again, I always revisit like the unseen perspectives of like the Earth Kingdom or other parties where like, are you really cool with this dude who laid siege to your city having a tea shop in the middle of it? Like, like I'd be pissed about that as a citizen. Um, and like, I don't, I don't super care that he came with his super secret society and let it go. Like that was still 600 days of my life my father's life my property getting destroyed like my livelihood being threatened or even like 
how he's like directly in the ear of the new fire lord yeah like what does that relationship look like to people in the earth kingdom you know Mm. yeah they definitely don't want the fire nation anywhere near their city probably for ever some very valid reasons like i my favorite thing about you know post-canon au fix is that they decide to situate the world with like a counseled meeting of all of the nations because they're like you know what maybe this whole doing everything on our own thing doesn't work out too well um so they're like all the nations should talk to each other and they meet in bossing say and everyone hates that zuko's there um logically so (laughs) i think of a possible definition for like how redemption would work is almost one-to-one replacing what has been lost or repairing whatever damage you have done to whatever close the closest possible scale to what the damage you actually did um so i guess for iroh that would like literally be like enacting reparations in the earth kingdom which i think is something that he could have only done if he was situated to assume his birthright like that is i'll get into this now i guess so i don't i think iroh should have been forced to assume his birthright after you know all was said and done with the succession shuffling of that evening um because one it's his birthright he is a living heir to azulon and i think like something could have you know come out about how ozai or ursa forged something and that you know iroh should have been fire lord the entire time any fucking way um and then he would have to just exist in that place of power and still bear the weight of everything wrong that he did. Like, there's no getting away from it if he is mm. Fire Lord. Um, and additionally, I don't like that Zuko is 16, put on a throne, just got shot. Like, it's, let the boy rest. And that's confusing to me because that's something Iroh has been in support of since season one. He's like, Zuko needs to rest, to be a kid, to just exist for a moment um, but like would Zuko have listened to Iroh like genuinely no. about something like this like what was Iroh supposed to do about but, it you know now we get to season three he just got shot he would literally be forced to sit his ass down for a good month or so and so I I I don't think Iroh's true redemption can be achieved without him spending time as Fire Lord as he was meant to all along and I that would also situate me because it's I like that it's kids that save the world i don't like that it's they're saying it's kids that also fix the world you know because they're not the ones that are situated with the power to do so it's all of these adults that have the power the resources the know-how of the way that the world works and granted it does need to be changed in an array of ways and there are voices that should be listened to in that process but these kids they're kids (laughs) they're literal children they don't need to be political leaders yet you know that's my ideal headcanon, that Iroh has to spend time as Fire Lord. <laughs> and everyone's like, the fucking dragon of the West, are you kidding me? Because <laughs> that label, cool yeah, as like- it sounds, it's the, the big bad fireman has come to fuck up everyone's life. That's what that means. He would also be like the least productive Fire Lord. Like <laughs> he would have the most neutral reign because he would only be doing it until like Zuko's like 21. <laughs> and it's just like nothing happens. <laughs> Because he doesn't actually want to Because he doesn't there. want to piss anyone off. He doesn't want yeah. the Earth Kingdom to be like, ah, the Fire Nation is still evil, fuck you. And he doesn't want the Fire Nation citizens to be like, ah. No, he would weeks. import so much tea from like the Earth Kingdom that during that oh time, 
that would that's how headcanon that's how he rep, you know makes his reparations he gives them a lot of money to rebuild their city by buying large large amounts of tea it's oh him just trying to quietly demilitarize the fire nation and then people are like why are all these men back what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i also think like like zuko just doesn't <laughs> has no political training in no, anything. Not a Sir has been thing. exiled for three years, and he like three and years after no, no, no. trying to get involved in politics too early. That is exactly yeah. how he landed Sir's himself no, wait, in wait, that wait, literal wait, wait. boat. He knows about politics because he was the son of the Fire Lord. Like obviously, he well, knows exactly like, what he needs to be doing. Did. Was it like two years ago though? No, it was I was three joking. years. I was he was banished was for joking. three. He was banished. I was banished at thirteen, and then three years later, I think in season one we get his or season two. It's one of the which season do we get? Like he's like three years ago. Top I was banished. Two. Top of season two. So and then we have a few months because we get to summer and everything. So yeah, so he could be three maybe, years maybe and a couple months. Turned seventeen when he assumes a throne. Yeah, he's like, yeah. One, but he, he has, was like thirteen. Was the last time he actually had it. Literally in a war meeting, fucked up politics, got burned and put on a ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he learned. He learned from Ozai. Like, how is and, he and actually two, supposed to like well, wait, run wait. a nation in a and way two, that's going to be productive? From Ozai, who was like a dictator, so he doesn't exactly. Have I will say though, and he's the reason he got burned though is because his comment, like he, they're like, yeah, you weren't wrong. You just still got a turn. Like his comment of like that they were doing something wrong in their plan. Like, he was spot on with his instincts for that. Like, I just want to say that, like, he's probably not yeah. failing at it, but also everyone in the Fire Nation probably, like, hated him. Like, they're like, oh, the banished prince is back to be, like, the leader. Like, we don't like him. But think about it if that, that, ob- that objection was publicized to the rest of the Fire Nation, to hear that, like, you know, all these people who are fighting for this great war to, you know, spread the Fire Nation. Like, they were going to use their younger battalion as bait. They were going yeah. to let them get slaughtered. Can you imagine the outrage? I mean, yeah, fuck but, 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 and to be fair, in that aspect, it wasn't really a political meeting. It was a war meeting, which mm-hmm. is like a little separate. Um, but like, and like his issue was like a moral issue, but still he mm-hmm. has no, tra- he doesn't know how the Fire Nation runs. He this man cannot talk to structures. people, let alone a crowd of people. Party. Who, how, what's the current political climate, Zuko? Who are the current, like, advisors who, tell me, because, and, like, how does the system work historically? Do you know, like, which feuds and everything to, like, keep track of, like, the, the feelings of the public? No. He does not know this Can stuff. Can you imagine? He spent three years chasing a man who people didn't think existed. <laughs> like... <laughs> but then, like, so he's that guy, right? And then he goes to visit Azula in in whatever ward they're keeping her in like i don't know what's going on i don't know what's going on help <laughs> yeah but Azula, like how do i get them on my side she's like you gotta scare them and this Azula's one, like you're an team. idiot i got the dirt <laughs> she's, like, Azula's she's like make why them did you piss talk- their pants what <laughs> azula's like why did you talk to this group about blah 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 they haven't liked that topic in centuries come on zuko keep up she's just like first and foremost she's like have you tried yelling have you tried yelling again yeah but iroh iroh was supposed yes. to to get the throne so he has decades of political training but that's why of I think like knowing how the system works he can he knows how it works but he doesn't have to be the face of it because as much as but the like, reparations of him being 
the king to fix those would have been good. I, I honestly do think other nations wouldn't want the dragon of the West who tried to take siege on. But Taryn, post conflict. <laughs> I said, where's a person yeah. like Zuko who to other nations represents, like he was the Spanish prince, like of the evil fire nation. He was sent away because he was not like the other girls. And he learned but they didn't it, like him either. The one, the, world. Scene, the one yeah, scene where he's but... outed as the prince, they're like, get out of here. Fuck you, sir. They could yeah. also argue that he was banished because he went, like, they could have seen it, like, you know, down the grapevine as, like, he was too bad for the Fire Nation <laughs> and they had to kick him out because he was so Even bad. the Fire Nation didn't want him. <laughs> Truthfully, it's like, wait, not even these people? What? Yeah, I don't know. Wait a second. Like, he helped with the avatar he helped take down the fire nation he's bringing an era of like love and peace and all that so i guess it's like a better start i think i think when he i think like when he eventually assumed the throne yes iroh would still be like an advisor but it's just it's just like it's not just about like having your heart in the right place it's about like knowing what the (laughs) fuck the structure of your of your society is and like how to how because like iroh's not like he's trained he was specifically like raised to get that position so he has the training as like you're going to be king here's how you're supposed to talk to people as the fire lord here's how you're supposed to to (laughs) like the sheer array of illegal shit that Zuko did <laughs> during the series in every nation, literally all of them, Blue Spirit, Fugitive of the Fire Nation, in the Earth Kingdom at all, broke into the Northern Water Tribe. Like, <laughs> like he can't be a diplomat because like he would be arrested on site in any of the nations he goes to. <sighs> Because it would it would come up like at a meeting, then Sokka's like, "Wait, how did you get into the North Pole?" And Zuko's like, "Yeah, so I swam." <laughs> like, if the Avatar universe had Twitter, people would be like uncovering all of the things that he did. Zuko is over party. <laughs> Guys, day number five. Zuko is going to jail party. Avatar angst, angst, angst. I was like, I need more tea. This kid is like out of pocket. In this, this uh, is... AU headcanon of mine, Zuko doesn't assume the throne until Iroh dies. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, this Iroh. just like this. Ultimately, this just shows how desperate the situation was in the Fire Nation. <laughs> right? Like they had no options. Like your heart being this in the kid. right place was good enough. Like they just, and then like the lower class people are like, "What the fuck is happening politically? Why are we still have a succession? Can we like ask for people?" <laughs> yeah, it's I can't get actually, over the way that like that this how so- it would work in like a monarchy. What like if the king dies, does it go to the brother or their son first? It goes oh, the brother their... first, but the brother's in prison. So, no, the, I think they, no, it usually goes. No, it goes to the, the son. son. It's, it goes. To it only son. goes to the brother if they have no children. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, it goes to the. It but goes, the thing is, like, Iroh was supposed you're right, to you're be. Right. That's the whole plot of Richard the Third. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know how many people that man killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but the but but Iro was supposed to originally be. Like that's what we need to keep in mind. Yeah, he was he was the firstborn. He was the so like. Wait, why? Why did um, Ozai become Fire Lord? Because, because they forged some shit and they killed the king. The yeah. after Iroh's son died, he was out of it. He was like, I'm not doing this. 
Yeah. Wait, because wasn't wasn't Iroh the Fire Lord from for a brief? No, time? so he's no. the older brother. He was meant to succeed Azulon after Azulon passed, essentially, because Fire Lords keep Fire Lord until they can't Fire Lord no more. Um, but then Luten's death made Ozai go, ah, this is a window because Iroh has no more kids. Presumably, will have no more kids because uh, he has sense and won't have kids at eighty. Like unlike some people, cough cough, Sozin. <laughs> <laughs> So then he's like, I have kids. I should be on the throne. And Azulon's like, excuse me, what the fuck? Um, and then sentences Ozai to kill Zuko. And then Ursa's like, don't kill my fucking son. And o- Ozai's like, okay, kill my dad. And then she does. <laughs> and is it explained in the comics that they like forged some shit to be like, he Not changed? Really. To se- how Then how does he, how does he kill- Like, we're just left I, to assume as much. Like, I don't want it. Yeah, we're left to assume that like they were like that that Ozai. Oh no, like, it was said it father... was Azulon's dying wish, like something his yes. will or whatever. His dying wish. So so Which, like, according to who? Like, Is it in writing? Ozai's like, my dad died, but guys, he told me. He <laughs> told also, me like, he wants me in on the throne. <laughs> he swore. No, no, I swear. But, but Iroh definitely didn't like fight it. Yeah. Cause like so in a way, like I can't, like it's like he didn't he was like okay yeah whatever I'm not getting messed Iroh up was on this. his own journey he was yeah, traveling <laughs> he was coming back from Basing Se so come back find out your little brother succeeded you his wife is gone <laughs> your son just died your dad is now also dead like Iroh was like whatever I'm tired <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like I gotta go get a tea shop you guys I can't do this no more peace out and who would be worst moments if there are any? I do. I, I have one moment that every time I see it, I'm disgusted. Disgusting. Okay. Wait, okay. do we have any more I'm... best moments before we go into it? One quick small one. So when Zuko's going on a date, he like he's like, my uncle said I had to do my hair like this, and it's all dorky, and she's like, hey, let me fix it. He did that. So he did that on purpose. I, I love all of the like domestic fluff because we're so little of it in the show and like that's Iroh and Zuko really feed us in that department. Um, just like season one, Iroh's sass. Oh, mm-hmm. it's actually a season two moment when the rough rhinos roll up on them and Iroh is just like, hey, y'all want to dance? <laughs> I just love his energy. He's so unbothered. It is aspirational, truly. <laughs> Um, but yes, Horst Moments. Okay. I forget the title of the episode. Battle oh, of the it's, Southern it's, Water it's... Tribe. No, yes, yes, you are, no, you, no, you are wrong. Okay. This is <laughs> okay, my worst it's... moment, you continue. Wait, is it? No, I don't, I, I, I don't think we're talking. I, I have one that's gross, you have one that's gross I have, as well. I have one that's gross. I don't remember what episode it happens in, but it's the episode with June, so I don't yes! know the title. Yes, exactly! You know what I mean. So, so at, we don't know June's age or anything, but she's a young miss anyway. He's They, they get attacked by the her beast, and they get so, like she gets passed oh, the smelling out. And, yeah, she gets paralyzed. Yeah, and, and she, he like, she like, he like falls to like save her or whatever, but he pretends that he's passed out too so that he can keep her laying on him. Ew. Really? And all, like of, all of his like interactions with June in that episode, gross. Yeah, creepy. For no reason. Like, oh, right. It's when you're reminded that the show was written by men. Truly. Because, oh, 
And it's played for comedy. It's played for comedy. And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, ew. That's crazy. No. That is like she's passed out and he's like, Yes, keep her laying on me. Dissonant with the rest of his character because, like, yeah, sure, Ira's old, but it doesn't have to be predatory. Like, why are we It doesn't have to be a pervert. You end up flirting with the old fortune teller, lady. Why do you gotta make him like I, like you have old women if you want him to flirt with people i don't Honestly, that it... little old lady who helps him with the frog cure she's a little plant lady he's a little plant guy good pairing little plant guy little plant guy also what's really <laughs> funny is like in the, this episode when he's all itchy and song just keeps smacking his hand from scratching <laughs> it just makes me giggle uh rachel you had something to add Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I agree that that part, like, the stuff with Jin, like, did feel out of character, which is, like, why it is so, like, jarring. You don't necessarily see him interact with, like, a lot of, like, young women, but, like, someone being predatory doesn't really go with, like, the whole spiritual enlightenment and, like, keeping things in balance and I respecting. Mean, existed. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but yeah, it, I I just I was just gonna say it, it did feel out of character. Agreed that like that is definitely a worse moment. Bato of the Water I, Tribe. I will say though, like one thing that always did bother me is that he never talked to Zuko. All those times when he was in jail, and Zuko was like, "I need guidance," but he just said nothing. And I get that they, re- they that. reconciled, 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 reconciled later, but he could have been like, "Zuko, like you could do better." Like, he just ignored him. Like, but again, I think that is in line with his choosing his battles thing, that he could tell Zuko was just not in the place to hear him, to really, like, listen and absorb anything he had to say, so he didn't say anything. I also think Zuko need to, needed to realize how important Iroh was to him and his influence, and to have him not there and not speak to him is also another reason that he, like, went on his journey of redemption to begin with. Mm-hmm. To the early season three stuff, I... It was, it's frustrating. I feel with Zuko's anger in those moments of like Iroh just not speaking to him up until, what is it, Avatar and the Fire Lord, when he somehow gets him that note. I re- like, who did he enlist to give Zuko that note? Like, I'm just, how? <laughs> he was, he made friends with that, that one guard lady, oh, remember? Yeah. yeah. Like, she, she would get him extra food. <laughs> and like, she'd come in to work tomorrow. Give him tea. Yeah. And he's like, yo. I'm going to wreck shit tomorrow. You shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, I want to know more about her. I was like, oh, you just you just doing illegal shit? Fun. <laughs> Saying that Zuko should be the next Fire Lord. The fuck? <laughs> like, this is before he knew that he'd get shot. So I, you know, he didn't. But also, like, he was going to fight Azula. Certainly you consider the possibility that he could get shot. I don't even think the fight of Azula is relevant to just whether or not he's fit to be a ruler. I mean, if he dies, he'd be pretty unfit. Well, um, yes. It is difficult to rule as a corpse. So I'm told I haven't experienced it myself. Um, <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> I do wonder, during the Siege of the North, he shows up just in time to kind of fight Zhao as just after he's like killed or is about to kill the spirit of the moon but like where was he the whole rest of that time like just hanging Northern around Northern Water Tribe is big like, he was he looks pretty Zhao. elaborate 
he was with Zhao at first, right? Like, they're on the ship together. Like, he didn't just follow him the whole time. I think Zhao was probably like, dude, you can't follow me on to <laughs> no, yeah. you'll be, you'll stay like, on Zhao the ship. Zhao knew that li- Iroh would be a liability in it, that Iroh can fully and effortlessly him, yeah. kick his ass um, and would be opposed to this in, like, you know, knowing that he is as spiritual as he is. Um, so then Iroh finally finds out where he is and is like, excuse me, sir, don't even fucking try it. And then he tries it. Imagine. I would like to know how he got to be so spiritual. Like, uh, that's not something emphasized in the Fire Nation culture from what we see. And, like, I mean, he does a lot of things like study the other cultures of waterbending and adapts new techniques from that. He's, like, not like the other girls, clearly. But I want to know, like, where that came from in him. Is it so he had, con- he had He had connections to other... <laughs> other other um nations the the old people club the white folks yeah. yes the old, old people folks club. gang yeah old folks gang um and like so it's not a, like we know he had that like we know he didn't kill the the la- the dragons but like yeah, he went there that. and everything, and he like got enlightened that way for like firebending um i don't but i feel like you're right. It would be nice to learn more about his journey. Because it's far woke. <laughs> I mean, that is proven to be untrue. But because <laughs> it's broadly considered in the fandom that the catalyst for his spiritual journey was Lieutenant's death. So that's about a six year window, give or take. Three of those years were spent on a boat with Zuko. So I I don't think it's plausible for him to have visited the dragons, learned from the waterbenders, and every every other nation somehow within. Wasn't only- the dragon thing before? Yeah, yeah. I think the dragon thing said was the dragons before. have been gone for generations, or they've been gone yeah. for a really long time. Yeah, like Iroh was the last one to have slain. Have one. And yeah, then- he had like a reputation for that. Which is why Which he, he got the title not- dragon. <laughs> the only yeah. reason you get the title dragon is because you are. It's, it's a really he, like, curious progression because he has that you know root sort of empathy that you know is reflected similarly within Zuko um, where he is unwilling like he recognizes where the lines of life and death should be drawn so to speak I guess because dragons are a fire associated element um, and like something that is directly valuable to him is why that was something logically to spare as opposed to like interactions with other cultures yet i don't know perhaps he was looking to be a reforming force in the fire nation objective of like what if we didn't conquer and what if we just sent religion <laughs> like you know <laughs> like he wasn't going to stop the colonizing efforts but he was going to be a little less murdery with them so to speak yeah i always got the impression that even when he was trying to invade bossing stay he wasn't he was trying to break down the wall like he was trying to break the wall but he was never really trying to fight like kill the people and that was just part of the war it was that they were stopping him but like he wasn't trying to like destroy the city he was just like no he was he was the letter the letter he sends to to zuko and azula and like he's laughing he's laughing about if we don't burst to the ground first (laughs) (laughs) and then azula and zuko ha 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 so funny I will forever choose to believe he just wrote that uh, that way because he's writing it to his brother and he uh, didn't want to expose himself to being um, No, he different. was writing that to his niece and nephew. Wanted them to be nice and proud of the Fire Nation's accomplishments. Ira was completely down for murder is the point that I'm trying to make. 
Maybe yeah. Iroh is like other girls. And it's not oh, like he wrote no. the words. It's not like he wrote the words ha 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 ha. Like we show we have footage of him. <laughs> he's writing his letter and then he just laughs to himself. No, he, he wrote LOL <laughs> yeah. after. Uh, 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 <laughs> he wrote LMAO. <laughs> Lamau. <laughs> yeah, I wrote his like other girls. He is. He he had he had that face. He was definitely just like everyone else, which is why I say like in his sparing of the dragons and perhaps you know explorations of other cultures, senses of spirituality. Was he going to just use that as an avenue to advance the Fire Nation agenda in the way that like Christianity would go to all the other pagan religions and be like, oh, you know what? That's not a god. That's a saint. <laughs> you know. He learned about other cultures so he would know how best to take them down. Probably. And but then, then he lost his son and he's like, wait, yo, you know, they have some points. <laughs> I don't I don't see why how it's impossible that he wouldn't have started the journey after his son's death. It was three years before he was put on the boat with Zuko. So it, I wait for real. Was that exactly roughly because it's um uh luten dies ozai assumes the th- it, i think it's three years i could be i thought it was well, I, I mean i think we have let me get young ish i i got the vibe he was like eight or ten somewhere in there and I, I i take the energy that he's 10 so it's like i mean even if he's eight it's just five years in which like the eldest son of the fire nation you know family is just fucked off to who knows where i still think it's possible that he went on a spiritual journey in the span of three well, years, he learn a I lot think, in a year. I think he I mean, he had plenty of knowledge as like a, a military leader of other tribes and their cultures and stuff like that. That I think just flipped into a new lens for him as soon as his son died, and then he learned to actually value it. Yeah, and went to like pursue it further. Yes, that is the point that I was making. That he was learning about yeah. all of this stuff as a military edge, but then it took new form upon Luten's death. Okay, so it's two years before it's two years before um they go on the boat. So Zuko was eleven when all of the, Ozai Z- got the, the uh, yeah. Zuko alone stuff. Yeah, so he mm-hmm. was eleven, and so so Iroh lost his son when Zuko was eleven. There you go, and then two years later on a boat at Zuko thirteen. Look at this. <laughs> Is that Zuko's email? <laughs> Probably, you know, he does. He's not coming up with anything clever. He just puts his name and then is like, "Oh, that's taken. I guess let's try the numbers." On a boat, yeah. like, like hacked, like all the time. Like everyone knows what the Fire Lord's email is, and he doesn't his understand. Password is dragons. <laughs> with a Z, his password is no. His password is no, I am Zuko. <laughs> How to get into your email account? And then one time it's he's me. like, "No one will ever guess this," and it's Katara, and someone still guesses it. <laughs> it's Azula. It's Azula Sokka. gets it. No, Azula is the first one who gets. Azula is the only one hacking his account. <laughs> no, and June. Then... June gets it. She's like, <laughs> June, it's, June. Then, like... it's 100% June. And then Sokka is like, you have to change your password and like explains why and Zuko's like, okay, I got it. And it's one, two, three, four. <laughs> no, one, two, three, guys, five. <laughs> no, guys, I got it. I no, got it's my new password is password. <laughs> but the thing, if he made his password honor, no one would guess it. <laughs> not not in the Fire Nation. 
<laughs> my honor. They oh, all dude. try with my in front of it, and it's like, oh, no, you're wrong. <laughs> it's just my. honor, and honor. no one will ever know. You're hurting Zuko's feelings. Cry about it. Yeah. <laughs> we can love him and still make fun of him. He deserves to be made fun of, especially book one, Zuko. What do you want, boy? Wait, so back to Iroh really quick. So his lightning bending technique makes it seem like he studied IRL waterbenders practicing waterbending. Like, when would he have done that? Because, like, what the... He would have had to go to the North Pole and, like, then allowed into the city. That was the other thing that was getting under my nerves. How... Like, who... Like, who where did he meet a... a, a tr- like... Where were the waterbenders? They weren't in the city because that would have been quite a stir. I have a morbid explanation that um, he was, as part of his like learning of political things of the Fire Nation, he went to the prisons where they had the kidnapped Southern Water, and like he was just supposed to like see how things are. But like, yeah. But they never let them have water from the old. Yeah. Who's yeah? Who's but the crazy maybe they karma. try. Maybe they they do like the moves to like try something. They're like I mean, desperately in, trying you know, getting water. Further head cannons if they were actually utilizing their captured waterbenders in some way, as opposed to just keeping them captured. They could be using their bending for some kind of service in Iroh. Or was like, he was he ever on one of the raids to observe? Oh, he I don't really too. even necessarily had to see them do it in person. I mean, there are waterbending scrolls, and there's like just the teachings on paper and the philosophies on paper, and he could have just experimented with it himself. I think it's implied though that like he saw. He, he said water. outright, <laughs> "I observed the waterbenders," so he was watching yeah. people waterbend at some point. So maybe it was that one of the raids because like, they were still raiding himself. up and through Katara's lifetime. So that would make the most sense, like by fighting them, that he went. He could have disguised himself and just gone in and watched. He's done yeah, it in the Earth Nation. I don't see why he wouldn't do it. Yeah, there's um, no reason that they else. would know. There was no reason that they would know what he looked like. Well, they wouldn't know. know what he looked like, but they would know that he's foreign, given the golden eyes and pale skin. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know when he, like, if if we're going to say he learned after, like, losing Luten, and so he wanted to disguise himself to explore other things, I don't know how he would get into the Northern Water Tribe, which is very, like, like they Fortified. monitor who comes in and who leaves, and the Southern Water Tribe has no more waterbenders at this point, except Katara, who we don't know about yet, so... Although, I or the do swamp. think... If it's the post- swamp. The swamp. Oh my god, we forgot about the swamp. But they bend in a very different way. Like, it yeah. seems... Through the plants. Well, not even just through the plants, but like the way that their arms, like their arms are stiff when they're bending. It's a very drastic, like it's not, it doesn't seem to be based around flow so much around like, I don't know, rushing rapids perhaps. Wiggling their arms around. You know, that's what the whole show is about. Um, But if it's post-Lieutenant, it could perhaps be that he and Paku just chilled. Oh, (laughs) Paku. Yeah. White Lotus. Because Paku's also White Lotus. How did he get in the White Lotus? How did that's another Again, thing. Like, see, how did, I, how did that start? I don't think he could I, have gotten into the White Lotus until after Luten because Zhang Zhang's there, but he's like a straight up defector, you know, a yeah, fugitive. Yeah, don't like him. Yeah. Well, because I was thinking like, why would him and Paku be, like, I don't know, like, I always assumed it was after like Luten's death and like a significantly like into his spiritual journey because why would they let a former 
Fire Nation general into the White Lotus. Like, how is that not the most obvious? Like, that's not even a Trojan yeah. horse. That's they've like, only known him for a couple of years. Like, it makes it seem like but that's, it's just a, a couple of years. Like, you know, yeah, trust, trust is trust, especially from someone who is a threat, takes more than a couple years to overcome. In that respect, I don't know. Because then I think yeah. that brings Zuko's whole arc into question. But it suspension of disbelief. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They just didn't think it through because <laughs> they got to some point. And they're like, "Yo, we need a we need a secret secret club. society, <laughs> secret society." Like of unity of people. time is important, but also fuck neoclassicism, you know. <laughs> but it's also like it's like a better. It would be weirder if Ira wasn't in it. Like yeah. it would be like you know what I mean. Like as much as like talking about the timeline and stuff like that it'd be weirder weirder if ira wasn't in the secret society it really would of cool old people yeah his pie show buddies honestly you know he met them during a pie show tournament there we go the biggest and the baddest the wait show. is there he like an underground friends- pie show race? he made wait 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 he tells zuko this this lightning bending thing in season two right yeah. He's yeah. been to the Northern Water Tribe. He saw the waterbenders. <laughs> he saw the waterbending. Watch no, it once. When would Azula and um, Ozai have learned it then? Because they lightning bend and no, no one no, no, has no, been Because no. the first no. time he redirects lightning is in the storm. That's season one. Yeah. Oh, you're right. But yeah. Iroh just follows straight after Zuko and is like immediately in that cave. I don't think he's seeing them fighting that much. Unless he's just like peeping out the window, he's just like, like watching. Her. He's like, I'm, I gotta write that down. <laughs> he sees Katara water bend once and is like, "Yo, she's winning." <laughs> she sees Katara and doesn't know anything, and like, first interaction is like, Iro was yeah. the first one to tell Zuko that Katara can do no wrong. Yes. <laughs> But as far as like when he and he and Paku become friends, he becomes friends with Paku with the Northern Water Tribe. When he, <laughs> Iroh just like, rolled up like, oh yeah, I also hate women. <laughs> no, because no, he was like, he's like, no, not the water spirit. Leave it alone. Leave the moon spirit alone. And he was defensive, the and that word like, got I'm back. Yeah, just, he's like, yo, you're right. That's my moon spirit. <laughs> thanks for thanks for having the back. Good looking out, homie. How that does bring up a good question as to like how would one bond with Paku? <laughs> like I also hate women. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I just can't get over that. <laughs> like, how do we you have so much Paku? in common? We have so Uh-oh. much in common. I do hate women. <laughs> No, women nice. can't bend in the Fire Nation either. <laughs> Except for my niece, so she's a baddie. What niece? <laughs> I have no niece. <laughs> when I you think... try to become friends fact, by lying. Women aren't real in the Fire Nation. <laughs> I think I figured We it got out. rid of them all. We got rid of them. Thinks of Azula as like a three-year-old. He's like, I wish women couldn't bend in the Fire Nation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I looked online a little bit. I think it figured it out. I think they say at some point in the show that lightning bending is something that's happened that only the royalty of the Fire Nation know or can, know <laughs> of or can do. But the specific redirection of it, like that's that something I water-based technique. Yeah, yeah, that's something Iro invented was redirection yeah. of lightning. 
and he did it observing the water. Wow, vendors an innovator. When we are not sure. In the In episode two. <laughs> I'm like, wait, Katara doesn't Katara... in episode. <laughs> no, she does. She's like, yeah. <laughs> Does when he ever see her bend any other time before the storm? Maybe no. he was just observing slowly over time. <laughs> I observed the, I observed the water benders. One I don't see why not, though. I, I, that's impossible. It's, it's, yeah. it, well, for, I, if it's observing season one pre-Paku Katara... Baby girl was trying her best. I'm not going to say that she wasn't doing well with what she had, but all of the military she could only bend backwards half the time. So I'm going to veto the idea that Ira was observing Katara personally. What? Wait, wait. When? When does the pirate episode happen? Nine. Season nine, which is before the storm. Okay, I'm connecting things. Everybody, I connected. The you haven't connected shit. <laughs> she learned from masters, though. She's a master in his eyes. The one and only waterbender I've ever has seen. No Must frame of reference for waterbending, and it's just like, oh man, it's she just... fucking moved it. Did I see that she moved the water? <laughs> He just, he just like, <laughs> it's a hyperbole. He's exaggerating a little bit to make Zuko on board with his idea a little more. But really, Don't he's only ever observed he's like Katara first... before. <laughs> he sees Katara. He's like, would you like to have tea? I just, I have a few ideas. I need you to hear me out. <laughs> I'm going to put the water here and the cup here. Do you want to pour it? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I want you to pour the tea, but don't pick up the pot. <laughs> Rachel, why do you keep wait, disappearing? Wait, can you do that move again? I wanna, I wanna observe. Ah, get yes. Ah, where's the behind-the-scenes clip of Iroh and Katara? Every time Iroh is like, "Nah, I'll just stay on the boat," he actually sneaks off to the yacht. He he knows where the, he knows where the gang are hiding. He's just not telling Zuko. <laughs> Be like, yeah, I think we need some more character development. Yeah, we'll give him another couple days. But in the in the concept that it is learned sometime before the events of the show, I think he was on a raid. That's all I have yeah. to say. That's the the, the only the only because because I don't know how we would get into the Northern Water Tribe after like like period point blank period. I don't know how we would get in. Unless they're under attack and like they're distracted a bit, get in enough to spy and get out alive by himself. And I don't know how like any if he goes to the Southern Water Tribe, like there's nobody left, sir. At this point, they took them all. Yeah. The yeah the ideas I'm most attached to as we're talking about it are that the Southern Water Tribe prisoners were still doing some kind of bending for some reason, and he was watching them. He was there for the last Southern raid where they took Hama, which like he would have been quite young for, but like, you know, seen it, internalized it, processed it at a later date. Or so when the gang gets intercepted by the Northern Water Tribe benders um, in episode 18, they're like, they're not at the city yet. They have people on patrol, right? So what if he was just up there chilling in the Arctic waters? And found some dudes. 
hey, what's that boat doing over there? It's not moving. It's like, let me. <laughs> that guy's like watching us. It's just Ira like this. Like, yeah. <laughs> do, sorry, do you want us to do anything about it? Uh, if he gets closer, I guess. But like, even better, he's just they see change. the boat and then they're like, you know, scoping that out. But as they're like grazing by they see a man lying on a closer iceberg by himself like the fuck (laughs) and then iris just (laughs) hi no keep doing what you're doing you're fine (laughs) he brought popcorn (laughs) he's just sitting there he quite literally like watched like he has like six feet of scroll just hanging off of an iceberg (laughs) full of notes okay i have like a question because like sometimes i forget what's like canon and what's fanon like who cares but Word. i was right i was just like thinking about it. it was like is it canon that he was like he opened a tea shop in bossing say at the end of the series yes yeah so he opened the tea shop season two but then he like got right. to keep it right that's yeah. what i was wondering i was like did he keep that yeah i feel yeah. okay now i'm kind of season like, three before the kiss that is the final shot it, like they're all in the tea shop and mm-hmm. like zuko's bringing them tea which wait, <laughs> where did he get the time to if he's the newly appointed fire lord to just that, dip to bossing and again and be a- was, Aang was, was unconscious for like a month after getting shot zuko is up but i i i don't think he's moving i don't think he's uh, he's not the most active but you know if Zuko was actually hurt then Katara would have to help him and we can't Someone have that. Someone should tell Zuko that because he does not know. <laughs> I prom- Zuko's entire recovery was just like the team of the gang in Iroh just begging him to sit the fuck down. <laughs> like literally. Zuko's like begging. no guys I'm fine and they're like you're gonna like pull something. So you are literally bleeding. There is blood dripping from your chest. Katara would have just knocked him out. <laughs> like I've had enough. She said, "I know I no, said I wouldn't bloodbend anymore, like- but not go to sleep, sir." Off. <laughs> you have an off button now. <laughs> but yeah, and even like in the comics, there's you know it's a cute joke that Iroh invented boba, but <laughs> still has a tea shop in the middle of Bossing Say. Yeah, I don't think that should be like just point blank. He should not be allowed to do that. Open one in the Fire Nation. Like, you don't have no business right? being in the place you colonized anyway, or try to colonize. Find some, like, unclaimed islands in the middle of the fucking ocean if you need to. But, like, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be cool with that. Like, and I, like, as the Earth King, wouldn't be like, yo, uh, people are always angry that you're here. So I'm going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> He still goes under his fake identity, so nobody knows he's there. Mushi. <laughs> yeah. It's Mushi. They're just like, dude, we missed you. Where'd you go the past few months? The no one was, was here to run the store. He has one employee and it's Zuko. And they were both gone for months. <laughs> but that's the thing, is that it definitely comes out that Lee from the tea shop is the new fucking fire lord. Because who else would have known? Can you imagine being Jin? Like they send the the like image, you know? They like drop an image oh, of somebody, yeah. And they're posters, like, "Yo, yeah. I know that guy." <laughs> the people watching the play, That's dude, the your scar's on the wrong side. <laughs> you you know Zuko, what? Oh, Zuko's first uh, law or order as Fire Lord was to get that play disbanded immediately. Zuko like, really no pulled a like the London theater, like you know how there was that period of time where everybody could only perform at two theaters. 
Duca was like, this is illegal. Everything, I am watching how all of this is produced. I've had enough. <laughs> it. I feel like if Azula was ever like, you know, recovered enough to just be out existing in the world, she would personally commission the Ember Island players story of the boy in the iceberg every year <laughs> just to piss Zuko off. Yes, she should. It's a masterpiece. In right? <laughs> it's, like, it's, just, it's like, it's history. It's a piece of propaganda. Zuko, can't you think critically? Like, just, just absolutely. Like, she, she's really, like, making him think about it, and he's actually considering it, and he's just getting angrier as it goes on. Eventually, she directs a version, and it's like, mm, Katara's not whiny enough. <laughs> yeah, we're just taking a proper intermission because I need to pee. Saw Black Widow last night. I mean, I would keep doing four movies if it meant working with Tom Hiddleston and Taika Waititi too. Disney, I mean, Disney, <laughs> Disney. Disney. <laughs> there we go. The mouse, the mouse. What well, we were talking just... about, Scarlett Johansson, so I had to put this up. Again. Yes. Yeah. Honorable. Her my next favorite project. <laughs> Honestly, I can't wait. I. Is, is her <laughs> I just, you know, I want to be optimistic about the live action, but something in my gut is saying that I am going to be disappointed in a whole. I think it's going to be terrible, and I'm going to watch it anyways. I absolutely. (laughs) My thing is, I don't don't even think it's going to be like a a a like. Oh my god, this beautiful mess kind of terrible. Like the energy that like Kenny JD has with her bad movies and a beat videos. I don't even think it's going to be that kind of bad. I think it's just going to be like disappointing and almost heart crushing. Like yeah. I really I hope, Hollywood. I hope that it's going to be like just a pilot so and that they don't good. even waste the time on a full season. Like just give me the one episode and allow the fandom, the council to decide and if then, this like, is worth the it's literally a Twitter poll. Do you want another episode? And it's like, no. 99%. No, I feel like it's going to be what they did with Winx Club. It's going to be like, yeah, like really bad. Although I don't think it's going to be full on modern I don't you. Think, but I don't think it's going to be like Winx. But I, 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 I do fear it being like Winx in the respect that they keep doing that like dark academia, you know, teens and young adults want broody these books like, yes. no, but that's what i think they're gonna do is i think they're gonna completely change the style i think they're gonna just change Riverdale it yeah yeah and it's not gonna be faithful at all and it's gonna, gonna be disappointing to old fans and new fans alike i think it's just gonna be i think like you said it's it's not gonna be so bad it's good it's just gonna be bad and not enjoyable which again will still be a plenty successful yeah, effort for you know Netflix because Netflix, yeah, I love their goal people. is to get people to watch whether they like it or love, hate it. Like, I I sure hope at least like the environment and costumes look good because that's what I live for. That's my crack. I mean, the first Although movie did as much. With the resurgence of the popularity, like so many people are watching it, they were like, we could put money and effort into this because people like it. Oh, they will definitely put money into it. Like again, it could end up because Shyamalan's movie was beautiful. Like if That's he what was, I was say. listening to it, it was you know fine, almost stunning it, to yeah. be honest. Like literally, the costume and set designs in that movie were genuinely really good. But they everything were so else was terrible. the Northern Water Tribe, Chef Chef's beautiful. Yeah, it looked really nice. Shout out to the Grand Canyon that was everything else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I actually I love the tattoo. Like, what they did with his tattoos that was really cool. 
because I, I was really trying to keep my heart out and be like, you know, there's always a chance for this to be good. But something in my spirit, my bones are saying this is going to Not. suck. Also, because why do we need it? I think that it's almost just set up to fail because we don't, us as fans who love the original series, what do, what would we possibly want from a live action series? That's the thing. I don't think there's really more need for it for fans because the fandom is never going to be in agreement about anything like you know (laughs) (laughs) like there are people who think that the work is truly truly perfect as it is and there are some people who have criticisms of what they want more or less of in different respects but i think the value of this show being a live action particularly would be in the fact that this would platform such an array of poc voices that this would platform you know asian writers showrunners actors costume designers set people camera people like it would be such a volume i I, I so cannot see them doing that 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 didn't even cross my mind if i'm being perfectly they they, they do have some people that they've already like on the staff and i think they've announced the direct Maybe no, showrunner Albert Kim. No, no, oh, yeah, one they of the announced one, di- one of the directors who is also um, uh, an Asian man. Um, I don't, th- I remember seeing other things, but I think there's like three or four people of the people they've announced yeah. so far, which is not a lot that they've announced, period, but like have been like. And the casting call is promising. Yeah. Um, yes, the casting call is promising. Um, wait, I'm, there's a casting call? Yes, yeah, they had, a, they had a casting. They had a casting. Didn't, no, didn't you know he, he, he said oh. the bad descriptions of the oh, characters. Oh, yeah. There was that. <laughs> but, like, you don't get the descriptions without the, no. the yeah, call. The casting, and the descriptions the had that at least the characters were going to be Asian, yeah. indigenous, yeah. what have you. Yeah, they had the cat. They, it was just for Aang, Zuko, Katara, and uh, Sokka, which Sokka. actually the the actual casting calls don't say their names because they're trying to keep everything on the download. So there was like, we are looking for a boy who can play a twelve, an, an an East Asian or I forget the other thing. South. They Asian. had like an East or South Asian young boy who can play a twelve year old, and <laughs> and we're also looking for two native, two indigenous. We're looking for this completely inconspicuous. <laughs> A set of children nothing looking, to see here. we're looking for an indigenous girl who can play a 14 year old and an indigenous boy who can play a 16 year old and oh this is for a major streaming platform like it's like oh wonder what it could be Which oh it's like, like it's like it was like let list any skills you might have such as martial arts <laughs> and it's like it's like not required but if you have it just let us know if nothing you have an to arrow see here tattoo, move along any any arrow tattoo any hair if you're loop bald, do you have an affinity for braids and hair loops are you bald <laughs> you have you ever shaved the sides of your, even you an undercut to go bald have would you be you... willing to go bald except for just a ponytail at the back of your head? Special effects makeup experience. Can you bend any of the elements? <laughs> How do you feel about having a scar on one face? Yeah. Is the scar on the right or the left? Choose wisely. Choose wisely. And they're like, what scar? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there, there were these casting calls made that were like vague. I know there was also like like um a tv thing covered it or whatever specifically 
like aimed toward like indigenous um tribes and everything and like indigenous communities to be like this could be a great opportunity for you there's a uh, a big streaming service that is looking for a 14 year old <laughs> yeah I, I, just I just don't even want to get my hopes up because i just i don't think it's gonna be good yeah it deserves not to so be much, good but it i'm not so much it. getting yeah, I'm not so much like letting my hopes get up, but I'm trying to be like optimistic and like not write it off completely, you know, because like, if, then, it, like if it is something where they give like this huge opportunity to so many people who and like new faces who are like of like less represented groups and like also writers and everything like if it is that like. I don't want to just have my mind like nothing can beat the cartoon. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to look at it. I want to keep optimistic. I, just, I want sure. the people working on it to genuinely have a passion for the series mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. to care what it looks like instead of just being money grabbing Netflix yeah. people. Yeah. That's the thing. Like a lot of people care a lot about this show. And I understand that like that stands for any kind of popular franchise. It's just, it's been done. It's been messed up so many times before. Like, Percy Jackson. Uh-huh. Um, of course, we had the Avatar movie. This, Death Note, fucking, I mean, as a Kenny J.D. stand, she recently reviewed the Dragon Ball Evolution movie. Which I heard was, that was terrible. It, it's baffling. <laughs> I feel like Harry Potter was the only one that was, like, lightning in a bottle. They really, like, nailed... And that's um, because it was a book. There was no like visual reference for it. Like I, I know that stands for like Percy Jackson among other things, but like it was, you know, there was a degree of interpretation, <laughs> creative freedom, if you will, and you weren't competing with another visual medium because again, competing with the animated form, you you're gonna have to completely reformat the lightheartedness and comedy that existed within that, um, and. If you're not interested in preserving that, it's going to turn into a completely different beast. Oh, yeah. It, I feel like the show is also just not going to be funny. Like, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> it's not going to be funny. Oh, my God. What if it ends up like the CW Powerpuff Girls? <laughs> CW Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard of... I heard... Aren't they like reshooting the entire first episode? They're or rewriting. They're rewriting the entire thing because they, they shot the whole first episode. Because like, people were seeing the like you know really leaked bad. clips of them shooting on set, and they were like, "What the fuck is this?" And then <laughs> piece of the but script it, got leaked. No, but was they, it that they had, bad? They had said they it had said was. they were doing rewrites. They said they were like rewriting everything before the script got leaked. The leak uh, happened around yeah, the like same time. Just uh, dumb. Yeah, someone was trying to hold them accountable. Like I they were going to rewrite script. it. <laughs> I saw the, the script was, was like, because so it was like, uh, okay, there was a whole premise. I think that like Blossom Buttercup and was bubbles were essentially like washed up child stars disillusioned getting over like <laughs> drug addictions um what? buttercup is a lesbian of course because ah the masculine one and <laughs> and uh oh oh their their father was like a professor the, the, the x professor. actually never loved them was, he was like a, he was using them <laughs> and was abusive or whatever isn't it aren't they like Framing it as the original TV show was a show their that the child. father oh. made 
to like profit off of them, but they are yeah, not there was, that glamorous or something. There was something like that in that. There's definitely a reference to the like, like actual. Like the original anime. show is canap- canonically a part of this show or some I, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so do they still have powers? I'm confused. They do. They do. It's just that like. <laughs> the they show. were used like child what? stars or yeah. something and like they got famous and someone made a, an animated that does not sound fun it to watch no the, and now they're adults now they're adults and they like have are processing their the trauma. Issues. That, yeah but yeah. i mean it's the same trend of like making everything dark and like it has none of the spirit of the original show <laughs> doesn't mojo mojo jojo Mo, mojo jojo have a son. <laughs> Perhaps. Oh. He's the villain. He's Did they the say villain. anything about the he's... Rowdy Rough Boys? Like, are they around? I don't an, think so. Is he still, like, a monkey? Uh, the son, I don't think, yes. is. But the son has a little <laughs> pet monkey that, like, screams at the end of the episode. But again, like, I, I don't understand. Guys, like, no, how... it's on an acid trip. You how... literally... <laughs> I don't understand the logic that's driving, like, ah, this is what our target audience wants drug sex yeah. and rock and roll like i i who told this is you the that genera- no this is the generation obsessed with squishmallows like we don't want any of this stuff you're giving us i don't think you understand my favorite head cannons are where people just cuddle <laughs> they're like the fans are adults now so we can make adult show ding <laughs> no sex sells guys keep up to who I'm tired of it like <laughs> Avatar, I am, I guess, an adult. And Avatar. <laughs> so and, I've been told. Please do not. Avatar and, like, the way, besides, like, some of the kid humor, for the most part, the tone that is presented in Avatar is the exact type of content that I still want to be consuming as an adult. Yeah. I think. Besides as the, the as... like humor from time to time, but that is yeah. still the type of tone that I want in shows that I watch. As far as like Netflix adaptations, I think one they did well was a series of unfortunate events, which um, like that's another thing, like dealing with kids and they didn't just like hypersexualize, like make them older to hypersexualize. They didn't do that stuff. It very well captures the tone of the books. And like, that's another case where we have like another live action adaptation to compare it to. Shadow and Bone. So, no, I mean like another, <laughs> I was talking about like another like, live action another adaptation that came before it like because they had mm. the movie of a series of mm. unfortunate events which then never got anything after but then they had the tv show and so like i guess that's like i've seen netflix can do things okay <laughs> so that's why i'm not like despair the thing like, is they just don't care want it because there was one point early in the avatar process where they had the dude that made the live action death note which I was ready to throw hands about. Netflix has so much money. They're like, yeah, don't that give a white man a death <laughs> Throw some money on that. That sounds possible. Here's some money. You yeah, get money, a special. Money you is get a not, special. Because like money isn't synonymous with effort, and like they can put like I mean think of like cats. 
Like there was like <laughs> tens of millions of dollars into that. But movie. most of that budget went to paying the people that they cast. I feel like personally, that's also fair. A, a good amount went to the people they cast, and then a good amount went to like CGI. trying to trying to do CGI, but like not enough went to the actual fucking story story here, or like the 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 fucking music. I could the way they. There's this whole video about like why the the music in the movie cats Wait. is like terrible. You mean it's sideways? like an hour long? Sideways, yeah, sideways yes. video. I love that video so much. I watched he's that like, last night. He's like, you can't take out the rhythm of the music for a dance show. What is wrong with you? He's like, the only musical numbers that work are the ones where they're fucking tapping the beat because they need to tap dance to a fucking rhythm. And when he was like, explaining. The audios, like the different like things they had in there. I was like, no wonder this was a shit show. I still haven't watched Cats myself. And I don't know if I want to. I don't know For if that's something I need to do. The first five minutes we were accidentally subjected to, never again. <laughs> yeah, yeah we saw the first five minutes because the they accidentally number. played Cats in the theater when they were supposed to play something else. The <laughs> sheer number of the movies movie. that I've like absorbed like a basically what happens in it just from like watching youtube critiques of it is astounding <laughs> that's me oh my gosh like 100 i don't consume yeah. any content that's yeah, not like summarized yeah i haven't i have not seen the the 2019 cats but i watched the original the like the the 1998 like stage recording and then i watched a billion video essays about what the 2019 one is everything awful. wrong with <laughs> I was like, I was like, who can I, who can I get? That's I have sideways I video. I, don't even I was like, <laughs> I got sideways I video. I got somebody who like played a cat in like a stage production. They were like one of the characters and they were like, what did this movie do? <laughs> somebody who grew up with it. I was like, let me get variety of <laughs> perspectives. Again, shout out to Kenny JD. Also did a video about it where she was just infuriated irrationally by everything like she's not especially attached to like musicals theater although sweetie todd is her favorite movie but it's she was just angry and i felt it uh closing thoughts i think iroh is great a uh, really good character in the show i'm pretty sure my mom said iroh is her favorite like people who are like grown grown like taxes and bills people definitely love iroh the most I love the way he balances out the cast. I think more thought could be put into the like constructive implications of his role in the world of Avatar. Mm. I love how he's nuanced and he is the epitome of like applying nuance to the Fire Nation. I love I his think... character. He's a bit passive for my taste in certain instances, but I'm glad that like there is some semblance of a father figure in the narrative. So, he's great. He's the uncle we all needed. You know what? That's that's all I need to say. Yeah. Right also, in. we need more like uncle, nephew, or like father, son, good representation, like good relationships in TV shows. I don't see it that often, and they are like such a good representation of that. Agreed. Butte. Alrighty. Bye. See you next time. And that is the end of our show. I really appreciate you listening and I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Remember, you can always change your mind. Next time, we'll be continuing the conversation about Zuko. I hope to see you there.